Wolf and Hound by Adam Lindsay Gordon Read for LibriVox.org by J. Olpecker Wolf and Hound The hills like giants at hunting lay chin upon hand to see the game at bay. Browning You'll take my tale with a little salt, but it needs none. Nevertheless, I was foiled completely, fairly at fault, disheartened, too, I confess. At the splitter's tent, I had seen the track of horse-hoofs fresh on the sward, and though Darby Lynch and Donovan Jack, who could swear through a ten-inch board, solemnly swore he had not been there, I was just as sure that they lied, for to Darby all that is foul was fair, and Jack, for his life, was tried. We had run him for seven miles and more as hard as our nags could split. At the start they were all too weary and sore, and his was quite fresh and fit. Young Marsden's pony had had enough on the plain where the chase was hot. We breasted the swell of the bittern's bluff, and Mark couldn't raise a trot. When the sea, like a splendid silver shield to the southwest, suddenly lay, on the brow of the beetle the chestnut reeled, and I bid good-bye to McRae. And I was alone when the mare fell lame, with a pointed flint in her shoe on the stony flats. I had lost the game, and what was a man to do? I turned away with no fixed intent, and headed for Hawthorndell. I could neither eat in the splitter's tent nor drink at the splitter's well. I knew that they gloried in my mishap, and I cursed them between my teeth. A blood-red sunset through Brayton's gap flung a lurid fire on the heath. Could I reach the dell? I had little wreck, and with scarce a choice of my own, I threw the reins on my lady's neck. I had freed her foot from the stone. That season most of the swamps were dry, and after so hard a burst in the sultry noon of so hot a sky, she was keen to appease her thirst. Or by instinct urged, or impelled by fate, I care not to solve these things. Certain it is that she took me straight to the Warrigal water springs. I can shut my eyes and recall the ground, as though it were yesterday, with a shelf of the low gray rocks girt round the springs in their basin lay woods to the east and wolds to the north in the sundown sullenly bloomed dead black on a curtain of crimson cloth large peaks to the westward loomed i led my lady through weed and sedge she leisurely drank her fill there was something close to the water's edge and my heart with one leap stood still for a horse's shoe and a rider's boot had left clean prints on the clay. Someone had watered his beast on foot. Twas he. 
He had gone. Which way? Then the mouth of the cavern faced me fair, as I turned and fronted the rocks. So, at last, I had pressed the wolf to his lair, I had run to his earth, the fox. I thought so. Perhaps he was resting, perhaps he was waiting, watching for me. I examined all my revolver caps, I hitched my mare to a tree. I had sworn to have him, alive or dead, and to give him a chance was loath. He knew his life had been forfeited. He had even heard of my oath. In my stocking soles to the shelf I crept. I crawled safe into the cave, all silent. If he was there, he slept. Not there, all dark as the grave. Through the crack I could hear the leaden hiss. See, the livid face through the flame. How strange it seems that a man should miss when his life depends on his aim. There couldn't have been a better light for him, nor a worse for me. We were cooped up, caged like beasts for a fight, and dumb as dumb beasts were we. Flash, flash, bang, bang, and we blazed away, and the gray roof reddened and rang. Flash, flash, and I felt his bullet flay the tip of my ear. Flash, bang, bang, flash, and my pistol arm fell broke. I struck with my left hand then, struck at a corpse through a cloud of smoke. I had shot him dead in his den. End of poem. This poem is in the public domain.